Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills Podcast. Dag Heward Mills Podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Heward Mills Ministries, which aims to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Heward Mills. Welcome this Monday evening. You are tuned into another message on the Loving God series. Bishop Dag is encouraging you to make loving God a primary goal of your life and ministry. Today's message will reveal more ways to love God, such as obedience to God by practically applying and abiding by His commands in the Bible, and why doing what it says is a demonstration of your love for your Heavenly Father. Did you know that prophecies coming to pass practically depend and hang upon your level of love for God? If you love the Lord, it causes good prophecies to be released and fulfilled in your life. God has a word today just for you, so be sure to listen well and be attentive. Testimony, I love you. Testimony, I need you. Testimony, I love you. Testimony, I need you. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Psalm 66 verse 12 that God is bringing us to a wealthy place. I believe in divine provision. I believe in supplies. I believe in God's supernatural power to take care of us. And today we are going to hear wonderful testimony of how God provided for someone. I believe God is taking care of you in the same way. If you believe it, shout A as we receive this powerful testimony. Hello, everybody. My name is Amma. I'm so blessed to be sharing this testimony with you all. On Friday, on the 15th of May, Friday, the flow service, whilst we were praying, Prophet led us to give offering. Um, the second one was an anti-kiss offering. And um, I gave the offering. I was not so sure the amount to give because I had said to myself, I don't have enough money in my mobile money account. And I also needed some few things for the house. So I planned that, look, today's offering, I'm going to give five CD. Because at a point, he even mentioned that don't keep your one CD, don't keep your five CD. And I said, well, since I'm not giving any big amount today, it's five CD, that's what I can give them. So the anti-cares offering, when it got to that part, I was moved to give. So I gave 20 Ghana CDs as my anti-cares offering, continued the prayer. And then by the end of the service, the last offering that we asked for, he 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 was asking people to give the offering. And then I just felt that I should give an amount, which was not the five cities I thought of. I actually shook my head as though to clear the thought off my mind. Like you 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 can't be serious. You should be joking. You know, because I was calculating, looking at what I have. And I needed to buy more data for other services also, even the evening service. And I said, no, well, it came again. The feeling came again. I said, look, let me just obey. So whilst he was still talking, I just went off the line. Then I sent, and I was surprised, I sent 40 Ghana cities, which was even more than the anti one that I gave. This is somebody who started the service saying to herself, I don't have enough money to do so, Charlie. Look, I'm going to give just five cities. I've ended up giving 60 Ghana cities in all. And I was like, what happened? How come I gave 40, which is even more than the 20? I thought the 20 was the highest I was going to give. 
Then I was just there. Then something within just kept telling me that, look, just trust God. So I decided to just trust God. And the service ended. We prayed and all. I really enjoyed the service. That very day, that very day on Friday, I got a call. Can I have your mobile money number? And I'm like, the same number I'm using is the mobile money number. And then he said, okay, I've been asked to give you this amount of money, 2,000 Ghana cities. I was like, whoa. I was even joking with the person. I said, hey, the day I make a boy, and I'm boy, and I'm That's trees, like whatever, whatever prayer I said, I'm going to pray again. But it kept coming to me that I should share it because somebody needs to hear this about the offering, how I gave the circumstances under which I gave the money, and for them to see what God can do. So I'm sharing this not because it's the only thing I have to say to thank God for, but because somebody really needs to hear it, I believe. Because that very day, the Friday, I hadn't told them I need anything. I said, I won't ask anyone. I'll just trust God. And then it came. God supplied my needs. I gave 60 Ghana cities. Let's put all together, 60 Ghana cities. And then God gave me 2,000. It's not gambling, but that is what God did for me. By Saturday evening, I practically had the money in my mobile money account. I, I am so thankful to God that the quickness, I mean, the swiftness at which he, he just supplied the needs, it, it's amazing. And he keeps doing that all the time. And I really thank God for Daddy, for leading us in the prayers and telling us that God is going to supply our needs through, throughout the year. He's going to supply it. I believe it and it's working for me. Testimony, I love you. Testimony, I need you. Testimony, I love you. Testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the great blessing we have today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated for those people who are here today. Thank you for tuning in and watching this amazing service. So um, I want us to listen carefully to this. Um, this is the prophecy. Money shall never be an issue. Yeah. Amen. Money shall never be an issue. Yes. Money shall never be an issue in your life. Amen. Job 22. Money shall never be an issue in your life. Hallelujah. Money shall never be an issue. Now, I need you to have faith in the word of God. I need you to believe in great things. There's no point in being a Christian if you don't believe in big things, in great things. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. That must be your mind. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. It's fantastic, but it's possible. God can do it. Money will never be an issue in your life. Amen? Job 22, verse 21. Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. Amen? Thereby good shall come 
unto thee. So get to know God and be at peace with God. Get to know God and be at peace with the Lord. Amen. Amen. And that is how good will come to your life. Do you believe it? Getting to know God and being at peace with God is the way good is going to come into your life. Verse 22. Receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth and lay up his words in thine heart. Amen. Amen. So receive the law from his mouth. It's important for us to receive God's word that concerns finances and anything. You have to receive. It's easy to say you receive when you actually do not receive. But it's important to actually be open to it. Be open to the financial part of God's word. Be open to it. Believe in it. Amen. I, believe, I believe that the, Bible's, the Bible teaches us that uh, God is not against prosperity has never been and the bible demonstrates clearly that the patriarchs abraham isaac jacob david solomon and so on people who followed god he blessed them they they had so much abundance in their lives it's evident i believe that god blesses and as you serve him he blesses. Amen. But I do not believe that your love for God and your passion for God should ever be replaced with a love and a passion to be wealthy as it is preached today many places. So much so that an impartation of greed and grasping and desire mainly to be rich is what has filled the hearts of many Christians. I don't think that that is the heart that God wants to give us. He says, acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. And that is how good will come to you, by getting to know God better, following God. Amen. Amen. Now verse 33. If thou return to the Almighty, thou shalt be built up and thou shalt put away iniquity far from thy tabernacles. So if we return to Almighty God, we come to the Lord, we'll be built up. Now, being built up is different from being blown up like a balloon. Okay? Do you want to be built up or blown up? Built up. Built up. So building takes time. So God takes his time to build you up. And he builds you up financially and you you grow from place to place i remember a time when i was buying kelly welly there's a a meal in ghana called kelly welly if you ever come to ghana make sure you get some kelly welly you can write it down kelly welly and i used to go out and look for the kelly welly seller 
and she would count the Kellywellies with her fingers. And I, I soon found the ones who don't count. They just bunch it up like that. And I said, no, these are my favorite Kellywelly sellers. Because it mattered to me whether they counted it, two or three. But God has blessed me so much that today, even if you count the Kelly Wellies, it's not a problem for me. It's amazing. Is it not a blessing? So, God can build you up, but not blow you up. And if you get to know God, money will never be an issue. Receive that prophecy in your life, in Jesus' name. Now, as you get to know the Almighty and you are built up, verse 24 happens. Then thou shalt lay up gold as dust and the gold of Ophir as the stones of the brooks. Yea, the Almighty shall be thy defense and thou shalt have plenty of silver. So, here is going further after building you up is going to bring you to a place where you will have gold like dust. Now, what is dust? What is dust? Dust is something you don't count. You get it? Dust is not, if we sweep wherever you are, you sweep the dust out, no one mourns. No one searches. Now, money would never be an issue. And even if you lose a hundred dollars, you will not notice it. Receive this prophecy. If you lose a hundred pounds, you will not notice it. Because when you gold, it will not be an issue. It will never be an issue. When gold has become like dust, money is never an issue. It's not an issue in your house. You may quarrel in your house, but never will money be an issue in your house. Receive this prophecy in Jesus' name. You know, many nice couples have money as an issue. There are constant heated debates about what to do with the remaining hundred CDs or the remaining hundred dollars in the house. But I've come here in the name of Jesus against that curse in your house that money is discussed and money is an issue and money is the reason for an argument and money is the reason for anger in your house. In the name of Jesus, gold shall be as dust. That means that money will be something that even when you put it in the dustbin, you will not notice it. That's what it means when gold is like dust. Huh? If you put it in your pocket and you wash your things, <laughs> you wash 100 pounds or 100 euros, it's like, oh, it's been washed. It's, it's, it's too bad. Thou shalt have plenty of silver. Money shall never be an issue in the name of Jesus. Now, that may not be the case today in your life, practically. But as I say it, 
as I declare it and as I'm prophesying, I want you to believe in the Lord and believe in his prophets that money shall never be an issue. And when your wedding is coming on, you can turn to your beloved, who either your bride or your bridegroom, either before the wedding or even on the wedding day. And you can tell your bride and groom, we may quarrel, but money will never be an issue. Money will not be one of the topics or the reasons why we may have a quarrel. But money, money in particular will never be an issue in the name of Jesus Christ. Money will never be an issue. But you see, the more you say it and you declare, then you see that it's happening practically. And whether you even have a lot of money or you don't have a lot of money, money never is an issue. It's never an issue. Because God has taken away that curse. One of the saddest things, I remember one time I, I saw a couple, you know, and a, a very nice couple. Everything should have been so rosy. And the argument was about 42 CDs, about 100 CDs, about this, about that, the change. Have you brought the change? I mean, you see somebody is going to buy bread and he said that he will buy it himself. You see, to ensure that the money is not wasted. So he's going to buy the things himself. He doesn't trust when he gives the money 100, 200, whatever it is for the change. So he's going himself. Why? It's too much. He's going himself to buy the things. You see, apart from those who ask for receipts, you shouldn't be asking for a receipt from your spouse. Yes, you are balancing books. There will be no balancing of books in your house. Money will never be an issue. If even there's a, a face that is not happy in the house, it will not be because of money. Receive this prophecy in the name of Jesus. Whatever represents a curse in your house, eh? If money was an issue in your parents' house, it's not following you to your house. In Jesus' name. Yes. People exchange slaps because of money. Where's the change? Where's the money? Who, where did you buy this shoe? How do you get this one? You are just wasting money. Every time it's about the person spending. Ooh. Tell somebody, oh. oh. Let this be the greatest marriage counseling for you. In the name of Jesus. Money will never be an issue. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, this is the gold as dust. Have you dropped the dust as ah? It's better that it goes. What is the what is the dust? We are even better without it. Yes. When Bill Gates said he's not going to give his money to his children, it shows you something. Yes. One day a rich man told me it is not good to have too many things. In fact, I've been told by a number of elderly people it's not good to have many things. When you get to a certain point, you realize that it is even a problem. Wow. Yes. Gold will be like dust. Yeah. 
money, yeah, you have to sweep some away. Money will never be an issue. So I want everybody now to take out a special offering. And that offering eh, to pray over this prophecy with it. Yes, that money will never be an issue offering. Yes. As long as you live. No, if you may be in the village. You don't have much, but your home will not, if there will be a quiet, not this. I can give you some other topics to quarrel about. If you can contact me after church, any other topic to quarrel, but maybe you really want to quarrel at all costs. But money will never be an issue. Amen? Is it amazing? Is it a blessing? Total blessing. So take your offering. Uh, you, you must know how to give by now. If you look on the television, I'm sure they are showing you the way. All right, television. Are we on television? We're on television. All right. And also on the internet, whatever. Find a way of giving your offering. Whichever country you are in, take out an offering. This is a money will never be an issue offering. And from now, you will feel shy when money is an issue in your house or in your relationship. Yes. When I was in a relationship with my beloved years ago, I had enough money to buy two portions of spring rolls. That is all. I could not afford to take her to the Chinese restaurant. But money was never an issue. Money was never an issue. Yes. Money was never an issue. When I was working as a, as a doctor, I, my pay was 25,000 CDs. And petrol for the month was, my pay was about 20, 21 to 25,000. And the petrol for the month was 15,000 CDs for the petrol. And then the other things. So there was between 5,000 left. Money was never an issue. Huh? 50 CDs. Yes. Like $50. And just when I resigned, our salaries was increased to $71 equivalent. But it had been around $40, $50 for the whole time that I worked there, a month. And it was increased to $71 in 1989. Yes. And when I was leaving, everybody was like, oh, you are missing the promotion that has come to $71. Wow. Hmm. It's amazing. So, I missed it. And I got it whatever God has for me. Take out your offering. If you need to go offline, go offline and give the offering. Don't say you'll give it after when we all when we close, I don't want to miss. No, you are not missing. What do you mean? I'm waiting for you to give. Money will never be an issue. Take your tithes. You will never discuss money in your house. Your wife will be asking. So where, where is the where is the, 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 the checkbook? So what what check have you signed today? We are checking. Where's the rest of the money? So your salary. What do you use it for? What the discussion? No. In Jesus' name. This is the end. Today marks the end of money is an issue in your house. Whoever has money does it. We are flowing. Yes. 
money will never be an issue in your life, in your mind. Receive this prophecy. Receive it. 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 Yes. And, and you'll be at peace in your house. Yes. I mean, if today you are making rice and stew without meat, you get it. No problem. Yes. Or you just add some beans. It's enough protein. <laughs> just add some beans. Spaghetti and what? Spaghetti and beans. Yes. Mushroom. Yes. It's a balanced diet. But money will not be an issue. Do you hear me? I say money will never be an issue. Yes. And you will take pleasure in letting your spouse or your wife or whatever buy more clothes and things that they like so that they are happy. These are the few things they like. Why? It's too much. You know? They've left their father's house as if they have been transferred to a prison. Tell somebody, and they can't go back to their father's house. This is a great blessing. Are you excited about today's great? I need you to give your tithes as well. I want your tithes now. Don't expect to give your tithes in the second offering. So I'm, I'm keeping budgeting for... No, this is a special offering. Money will never be... Have, I, have you ever heard me taking uh, money will never be an issue offering? Have you heard of it before? It's a very unusual offering. Yes, first of its kind. It's a prophetic offering. So take your tithes, everything we are giving, as if you will not, there will be no opportunity again. doesn't matter. Money will never be an issue offering. Wow. Wherever you live, whatever you have, you may quarrel. If you want quarreling topics, contact me after church. I can give you some new topics. But you see, why, why should you add a topic? When God has taken away 70% of all issues from your life and your marriage. Huh? Why, do you want to, why do you want to have something to talk about? Watch the news. You get it? Yes. Let all the problems be outside your house. But not in your house. In Jesus' name. All contentious spirits are bound today in Jesus' name in this offering. Money will never be an issue. Father, thank you for this offering as we give. Bless the families, bless the households across the world, wherever we are part of this service. Thank you for your mighty power that is released to fulfill this word, Lord, that money will never be an issue for our families, our lives, and our homes. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Come give the Lord a shout of praise. Give the Lord a shout of victory. Are you excited? Well, we've come to the best part of the service. The Holy Spirit is already here. We're already in the company of innumerable angels. We've come to the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, which speaks better things than the blood of Abel. 
and I believe God has a word for you. And the Bible says when you come to Mount Zion, make sure you hear him that speaketh. And I believe God has sent us someone to speak to us right here in Mount Zion today. And I know God is going to change your life. How many of you have been changed by the sermons we've had in the last few weeks? And I believe the seed is coming out of us and we are learning how to love the Lord. Amen. Amen. And um, today I'm excited for what God has for us. God has a message for you. Tell the person nearest to you, God has a word for you. Now for those of you at home, shout to the one in the kitchen and shout, God has a word for you. Now go on Twitter and type and say, God has a word for you. And I believe God is going to speak to you and transform you in a few minutes. Just touch the share button while you're watching live stream. Just press share. Somebody's life will be changed because you press share. Just go ahead right there at the bottom of the live screen. Live live stream screen press share and i know it's going to be a blessing so while we welcome the prophet let's begin our song of faith amen our faith chant as the holy spirit gets ready to touch us the song that says nothing is impossible for god are you ready to sing have you outgrown singing let's do it nothing is impossible when you put your trust in god the sound guys, can you join us? We are singing. It's impossible when you're trusting in his word. Now say hearken to the voice. Is there anything too hard? Too hard for me. Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon his word for everything. Yes, everything is possible. Now give someone a high five as we sing it again. Say nothing is impossible. It's impossible when you put your trust. Now lift up your right hand and declare, say nothing is impossible. It's impossible when you're trusting. Put one hand behind your ear, say hearken to the voice. Is there anything too hard? Is there anything too hard? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon. Lift your hands and declare for at the top of your voice. Oh, say yes, everything. Thing is possible. With give the Lord a shout of praise and let's welcome our prophet to the stage. Father, thank you for this great opportunity that we have. We ask you to speak to us and lead us in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today, I want you to call someone who is not watching. Tell the person we are online and we are alive, working. Amen. And God is moving with us. And today I'm going to be preaching to you about one of the most important things in the whole wide world. Amen. I know that there are many important things. There are many important things. But I believe the most important is what Jesus tells us is most important. And that is to love the Lord. So today, for this very short while, today's sermon, I believe, is going to be even shorter. I don't know. If you love the Lord, 
part. What number is this? Four already. And we have not done much. But Matthew 22, verse 36. This is actually a camp and a book. Master, which is the great commandment in the law. And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. Amen. Now, if you love the Lord, all right? Part four. So each part is different. So now I'm going on to the next uh, very important point. If you love the Lord. Now, if you love the Lord, the, the rest of the Bible, the prophecies in the Bible are possible to be fulfilled in your life. That's the next point. Why do I say that? In other words, if you love the Lord, much of the prophecies, the good prophecies we hear and the principles in the Bible can be fulfilled in your life. Now, have you ever wondered why we have prophecies and predictions of good and we do not see these prophecies and good things seeming to be happening? Is that not so? There are many reasons, but one of them is simply because we do not love the Lord. Why? Because the Bible says... This is the first and the great commandment. On this hangs the law. The laws hang on this one. Loving the law. And this hangs the law and the prophets. So all the prophecies you hear, you read, the great things. God says that whatever tongue rises against you shall condemn. It's a prophecy. But it's for those, the prophets, the things the prophets have said, hangs on this one thing. It's hanging on it. It's hanging on loving God. Oh, I didn't read the Bible with you. Is this in the Bible or it's not in the Bible? Let's read it again in case you don't really like my message. Master which is the great commandment in the law. Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mouth. This is the first and the great commandment. The second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law. The whole law that is written. And the prophets, which is the Old Testament, that we have everything in there, right? Which we expecting to be fulfilled. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and so on and so forth. The tithe belongs to the Lord. He gives you power to get wealth. 
Many of the things we believe in, the young man does hunger and suffer one, but they that serve the Lord shall not want any good thing. Yes, he delights in the prosperity of his, of his servants. All these prophets hang on this one thing. He's hanging on it. So if you don't have no love for the Lord, you can be saying things, but you might as well put something in a computer and press play. You get it? It's not working. So loving the Lord is very important for you to love the Lord. Do you see? And loving the Lord must become your primary goal. Whatever it means to love the Lord. You have to learn how to love the Lord. All right? Now, last week, I believe I shared a scripture where Paul said that the goal of our instruction is love. So, his aim for teaching is love. The goal of the instruction is to love, to learn about love and to love God. Amen. The goal of our instruction, 1 Timothy 1 and verse 5. The goal of our instruction is love. Why would the goal of the instruction be love? Because all the prophecies, all the laws are hanging on this love. Loving God and loving our neighbor. So how many would agree with me that it must be a very important thing to learn how to love the Lord. In your house, I know you're not even raising your hand. I don't, I don't think it's nice. Raise your hand and then at least show that you are participating. Yes. Hallelujah. So loving the Lord is something that you must learn. Now, when you are going to marry, all right, especially for girls, for boys as well, true for boys, but I say especially for girls because girls have much more to change. Your life changes more because you are a girl. Why do I say that your life changes more? You have to submit to somebody. If you've married a bank manager, you have to follow him to the bank. If you've married a pastor, you have to follow him to the church. If he's a pilot, you have to adjust your life. He comes, he travels in the night, he stays around the day, he goes away one week, he comes back. I mean, your whole life is subject and secondary to the person whom you have married. If he eats fish, you have to eat it. If he eats bats, you eat bats. If he eats pork, you eat pork. If he eats cats, you eat cat. Whatever the person likes, you are flowing with it. Even his language, you may have to learn his language and flow along. That is what it means. <laughs> That's what it means to love somebody or to marry. And, and you actually have to learn. Now, one of the saddest things in life is to meet somebody who is not trained to love. It's a bad experience. And unfortunately, many of our Christian sisters are not trained 
if you if you are not if you don't learn how to laugh, but was people that when I dress I, I look beautiful and you come out of you. So you are really looking nice. Oh, I like your dress. Oh, you're looking, oh, your hair. So it, this one is from where? So that is not love. That's not love. You are not loving anybody when you have that. You are happy yourself. You made yourself happy. But you are, it doesn't, you are not loving anybody. Being happy as a girl is different from loving somebody. All right? And there's nothing. We are happy that you are happy. But to love somebody is not your idea of what is love. And that's also the other thing. It's not your idea of what is love. It depends on where you come from. If West Africans have a certain concept of love, or I should say maybe Ghanaians have a certain concept of love, South Africans have a different concept of love, East Africans have a, a different concept of love, depending on where you marry from, they have different things they do naturally. So if you, if you had a group of brothers from West Africa, South Africa, East Africa, etc., and you ask them, what do you prefer more? All the East Africans will raise their hand for something, all the West Africans will raise their hand for it. It's an experiment I've done before. Okay. And you find out based on their lack or their deficiency in, in, in what they experience, they raise their hand. No, that other one that they don't have is more important than the one they are getting. Okay. And you say what it is that they are getting, but I do not intend to say what they are getting. It's not part of this message. This is just by the side. So what I'm trying to ex explain to you is that Love is also something you learn when you are going to love the Lord. You can think of loving your husband because the Bible teaches us to love God to the extent of marrying him. And so you see that if you don't learn how to, how to, you are a bad experience. You just grow up doing what you think from your house. And your house, everybody's house is deficient. Everybody's house has a very small section of love to offer. And that's all that you offer, what you know and what you see. And what you don't know is that whatever your parents are showing you is what they've decided to show you. You get what I'm saying? Yes. And a lot of parents put up a good show for their children as long as they can until the quarrels break out into the open. Okay. When the quarrels break out into the open, then it's like the children are added to it and the children are fought to two sides. As to whose side are they on? Do you understand my message? Is my message confusing? <laughs> All right. Okay. So, the aim, the goal of the instruction, First Timothy one five, is love. Is to help you to love the Lord. Somebody you cannot see. Somebody who is so great. Somebody who is invisible. Somebody who is in heaven. Somebody who is on earth. Somebody who is in control of our lives. Somebody who created us. And we are to love him. Hey, it's a big one. Who doesn't have a wife? Who doesn't need us? We need him. And we are to love him. Not a small thing. So we need to learn. Amen? How to love. Okay? Are you there? Alright. Now, number one. If you love the Lord. Let us see if we can do a lot today in a short time. If you love the Lord, you will keep his word in your heart. What have I done? If you love the Lord, you will keep his word in your heart. Amen. You keep the word. First John 2 verse 5. Whoso keepeth his word in him, verily in him is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. 
So one of the ways to love God is to keep his word. All right? So throughout the day, the scripture must be in you. You must be thinking of verses. And verses of the scripture must be the reason for the things you are doing. If you love God. He says, whoso keeps the word. I'm not talking about obeying. Just keeping his word in him is verily the love of God perfected. So keep the word. Yes. Amen. Keeping the word. All right. And having the word in you. Okay. Having the word as the major thing in your life. And you see, when you grow up, having the word, keeping the word in you, you will soon find out that you don't need so much or so many people to advise you on what to do. Because the word of God will be your advisor. You know, if you are going to go very high in life and in the ministry, you are going to need, you'll get to a place where there will be not so many people above you. Do you see? And then you will need advice. What shall I do next? What I shall do next is what the word says. So when you keep the word in you, you soon see that the word is popping up all the time because you keep it in you. So keeping the word and the word becoming the basis and the reason for a lot of the things you do, the advice you have is somebody who is a God lover. I didn't say, the Bible says, whoever keeps the word in him, in him is the love of God perfected. Okay? So, it's, it's good for you to listen to the word. When I was driving here, I was listening to a message. I was listening to the beginning of a message by somebody, which I've listened to a number of times, but I like the beginning of the message. I've not actually got into the message itself. In fact, it's, the person who was preaching said that he was just giving an example of something, but I like the example at the beginning. So I keep listening to the example that he gives. Do you understand? And I keep going through and as I'm going through, I'm sort of learning and almost memorizing the example that he was giving from the word. He was giving examples from the word, not from his personal life. He was giving, explaining something and keep on giving the same example. So keeping the word, rolling it over in your mind, rolling it over and always having the word as your guiding post, do you see, will make you a God lover. And it will help you greatly in your Christian life and in your experience in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Number two, if you love the Lord, you will keep his commandment. John 14 verse 21. He that has my commandment and keepeth them. Now this time I'm using the word keep in, in the form of obey and keepeth them. He it is that loveth me and he shall be loved of my father. Amen. And I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. Alright? And Judas says to him, not Iscariot, how is it that you will manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? And Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words. He will do what I say and my father will love him 
and we will come to him and make our abode with him. Now, God is promising big things for those who love him. Yes, big things. I'll come close to him and I'll be near him. I'll be near lovers, people who love. Amen. So, God is not using your background in school to choose you. Okay? He is not using your, even your holiness to choose you. Do you see? Who to come near to and whom to manifest himself, to show himself, to reveal himself, to expose himself to. He is using love. Amen. So it's important that you decide to love God. So this point, I want us to emphasize on his commands in the scripture. Okay? So you must learn a God lover is somebody who follows the scripture, keeps the command from the scripture. Okay? It's a God lover. Amen. So the way to love God is to obey things you are reading in the Bible. Once you see it in the Bible and it can be done, do it. If it is not in the Bible, it is not love to God. That's all. No matter who says it. And we thought, if somebody tells you to do something, even a man of God, and it's not in the Bible. Don't do it. Because we have a lot of perverted pastors, even perverted bishops, who say things which are not biblical. Do this, do this, and say things that are completely contrary to the Bible. So you must, you must know that the scripture is above any, or any of us. I can't come and write, rewrite the Bible. I can't teach you something that is not in the Bible. And you must learn it. You must, you must learn to trust the word of God. You can't say, oh, my prophet says, or my bishop says. And so it's right. It doesn't mean that it's right. If we check what we are saying with the word, if it's not in the word, then it's not correct. No matter who it is. Huh? Yes. When, do you, when were we born? When was I born? You know, the Bible has not been revised. Do you get it? It has not been updated or revised. <laughs> As it is, that is it. Genesis, Exodus. Do you know when the Egyptians, Israelites were in Egypt in Exodus? Do you know how long ago these things happened? Long ago. When Abraham existed, before you go back to Melchizedek, to Enoch, and going all the way back to Adam. This is the Bible. And it's not been revised. So who is there who can compare? Whose words can compare? Whose books can compare? Whose prophecies can compare? So your ability to obey scripture is key to your loving God. And you must respect the greatness of the scripture. 
because we are growing to learn that many people come up with things that are completely contrary to scripture and are having big titles. Okay? Yes. And I say, do this, do that, with big titles. And we have it everywhere. So, you must grow to respect the scripture. So, if you love God, you keep his commandments, the ones in the scripture, the holy scriptures. It's, the, it's your first basis. We all know God through the Bible. We all know God through reading. Nobody should come up with any, anybody even who says he's seen Jesus. It's based on the Bible. If it's not based on the Bible, we can't accept it. Throw it away. So we have many people coming up with things. And in this era, you need to be strong. Recently, I was at a lunch somewhere. And I was with pastors and priests and bishops and what have you. All right? And they were talking about uh, homosexuality. They weren't talking about it. They didn't want it to the topic to come up. Homosexuality in the church amongst priests and bishops and so on. That they are in the church as the clergy. You know? And you see, again, we have to choose. Now, even if it is a very great thing and a great person who is so great and revered and they are doing what is not in the Bible, our guidebook is not a recently published book. Our guidebook is not a recently published educational manual to tell us and to set aside rules and laws. There were laws in Ghana before. Homosexuality was a law. It was, there was a law against it in the UK. And there is still a law in the UK, for instance, against polygamy. You know? Which, and what? Pedophilia and all these laws, which they keep revising. And they are entitled to revise their laws. Our Bible is not being revised. We are standing with the Bible. No matter who, whatever great person says he doesn't go with the Bible. It doesn't matter. The title of the person is not what is necessary. It's the Bible is the foundation which we are standing on. So I'm saying this because it is just one example. But there are other examples. In your personal life, if some bishop or man of God or priest or whatever is telling you, do this and do that, and it's not in the Bible, it's wrong, it's not in the Bible, you are not supposed to do it. You, You must know that the Bible says and then you flow. Or the Bible does not say, then you don't flow. Is it clear? Yes. Otherwise, you are, you, are not, you are not thinking correctly. Yeah. And that's how you show your love for God first. So, scripture is your strong foundation for loving God. Once you start to follow things that are in the Bible, somebody tells you, do this. You say, what verse is that? What verse is that? And then I follow. When it's in the Bible, I flow. That's all. Because that's our book. And I, I, I can never... Look at my age. Look at how young I am. Am I going to revise the Bible? Am I going to introduce modifications? What do I know? I am finding out more things 
Are you not finding out more things? Even as we are in the church, we are learning things. So are you not finding out more things? How, can, can somebody who is finding out things now, at this age, be qualified to revise what is in the Bible? Let's be serious. All right? So if you love the Lord, you will keep his commands from the scripture. You can write it that way. If you love the Lord, you'll keep his commands from the scripture. The holy scripture. All right? That is it. And the scripture will be above anybody's ideas. People are entitled to their ideas. Nobody is opposed to it. But what does the scripture say? Yes. If the Bible endorses polygamy, it will be accepted. If it doesn't endorse it, it will, be, it will not be accepted. Whatever the Bible says, that's what we are going by. Forget about what we all think. Amen. Amen. Who are we? Number what? Three. If you love the Lord, you will keep his personal commands to you. What he tells you. Amen. He that loveth me, John 14, verse 24, He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. Keepeth what? Not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. Amen. And again, the famous verse for obe- obedience being love is John 14, 21. Don't forget, John 14, 21 and 23. These are the big scriptures for the fact that obeying God is the same as loving God. It's always John 14, 21 and 23. It's there. He that has my command, keep him. He is the one who loves me. He is the one who loves me. Don't forget, John 14, 21. It's a standard scripture that tells us that loving God is obeying God. Amen. Okay? It's not in so many places in the Bible. This is, this is the main place that you find. John 14, 21 and 23. All right? Are you there? Yes. Are you listening? Yes. yes. So now, he keeps his commandment that he tells you. If he tells you something personally, just do it. God told me years ago, honor this man of God. And I honored him. And I honored him since then. If he, if he tells you something, you do it. He told me, give an offering to this person. I do it. He first said, honor this person. Bless this person. You do it. Look after this person. You do it. God told me to look after somebody. The person was a drug addict. And he, I believe that he told me, I should just look after him. And I looked after him till he died. That's all. God, God has told me many times, honor this person. Do that. Honor this person as a father. I honor. Whatever he tells you to do, you are demonstrating love. You see, you are going once that you have the scripture that you are always obeying. That's showing your love for God. Now you see that you find that God starts telling you other things. If you are a Christian, you will start having certain convictions and you realize that it seems God is telling me to do this. Or God is telling me to do this. Or God is telling me to do this. You, 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 I mean, you can't say you are a Christian without coming up with this somewhere along the line. You will have certain personal things you feel God has told you about and what do you do with those things it now shows your love walk with god yes your love walk with god we have not even come to being in the ministry i'm talking about 
things that God tells you. Like if God speaks to you and tells you, I want you to pray this year. Or I want you to do this. And there was a time God showed me some things to do. You want me to say what they are? But like certain things I should do. <laughs> yes. And I decided I will do it. I'll do it. And I've been doing it every year I do it. What he told me to do. Amen. One time, God, 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 God showed me about widows, that they are, they are special people, do you see? And uh, they are special people. If a person is a widow, it's a special person. Just look after them. And so on and on. So whatever personal command, is, is, that's where we start seeing that you are somebody who loves the Lord. Yeah. So thank God for the scripture, you know? Yes. But now when he starts telling you other things, in your life, you get it, then you start to say, yes, I believe the Lord has told me. So the more a person grows in the Lord, you start to see the person will say, I felt God told me to be in this church. God told me to help you. God told me to love you. God told me to work with you. God called me to do this. And you can see that you are now growing in your love for God. Amen. Number Four, if you love the Lord, you will keep his commandments about the ministry. Amen. Amen. Ministry. Anything God tells you in the ministry, you will keep his commandments about ministry. Yes. Because it is one of the big things God is going to speak to you about. That's why during our flow prayer meetings, I often lead us to pray for the fulfillment of our pastoral ministry, apostolic ministry, and so on. Because, look, what are you going to pray about than what he's told you? Now, many years ago in 1990, uh, 1990, 1990 or 1991, the Holy Spirit gave me a scripture. Give thyself holy to these things. And I was having my quiet time, I remember. And I was... In, uh, uh, I must have been 1990, uh, I must have been 20 whatever years old. Yes. 28 years old or 27 years old. 27 years old. Some of you watching, how old are you? Yes. I was 27 or 28 years old. And then I had my quiet time. I'm talking about loving God. And I had my quiet time. I was staying in my father's house. I was newly married. My wife had gone to work. She used to work as a lawyer. So she had gone to work and I was alone. Are you with me? And I had my quiet time. I was lying down on a blue carpet in a room. And right there, I read the scripture, 1 Timothy 4, 15. It was my quiet time. I was probably having my quiet time in Timothy. And I got to verse 15. And it says, meditate on these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. I jumped up at a point. As I was lying on the carpet, I jumped up 
And I said, no, God is saying that I should give myself wholly to the ministry. Wow. At that time, my business was ongoing in town. <laughs> huh? Are you listening? I'm talking about a 27-year-old boy who is reading the Bible. I'm talking of if you love the Lord. If you love the Lord, you will obey his commandments to you in the scripture, whether it's a personal command or even about the ministry. We're talking about loving God. Give my, and, and, so, and your profiting will appear to us. So I should give everything to God. My whole life, my ministry, my business. I jumped up and I called my driver. I had a driver and a manager. <laughs> yes. Yes. I called them. I said, come. And I showed them where to park my truck. Yes. I said, go here. Park. I showed them around the airport. They used to sell cars on the roadside. I showed them, go there, park, and come. Give, give me the keys. The business is finished. Your job is ended. Yes. I said, I'm giving everything. I'm selling everything. And I'm going to dedicate myself 100% to ministry. Huh? I was 28 years old. 27. 1990, I was 27 years old. Yes. That's, we are here now. <laughs> yes. Yes. If you love the Lord, you are, you are watching. And God has called you. God tells you things. He tells you things in the scripture. This is not a vision. No. I will tell you when I have a vision. If I have a vision, I will tell you. Yes. I didn't enter into full-time ministry from a, from a vision. No, no. I read it from a quiet time. You saw one of the choirs, American choir, they were singing, Oh, I need my quiet time. That's what they were singing. Oh, I need my quiet time. You should be afraid when I take my Bible and I'm having my quiet time in the morning, you never know what the Lord is going to tell me. Because I really believe the things that I'm reading. And they, they really apply to me as though God is actually standing there speaking to me. And I know it and I feel it. Yes. So, he that has my commandment and keepeth them, John 14, I told you, 14, 21 and 23, these are the two places, main places where you're talking about loving God. He it is that love me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of by my father. So my father will love him and then I will love him and manifest myself to him. Those are the people that experience the manifestations of God. And loving God on, the lo on your love of God, for the love of God, hangs all the prophets and the laws. All prophecies, all laws that have to do with spiritual life hang on, the, on your love for God. So a God lover is a very dangerous person to attack. Because in his life, many prophecies are being fulfilled, practically. So whatever God tells you about the ministry, okay, decide that you're going to start walking in your love for God, in obeying him in ministry. Yes. Whatever he tells you to do in the ministry, do it. When the Lord said to me, 
you know, it was again a quiet time, eh? Revelations. Shall I show it to you? Let me show it to you. Beautiful. Another quiet time. Revelations. It says, I have this against you. Chapter 2. Verse 4. I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Quiet time. If you love the Lord, you will keep his commandments to you in scripture. You will keep his commandments to you personally. When he speaks to you personally, you will keep his commandment to you as far as the ministry is concerned. And I read it and I then I felt the Lord whilst I was reading it because I was having you want what do you know why you don't hear God when you read the Bible? You always think it applies to somebody else, like it's not, it's like a general thing. When you read it, thou hast left thy first love. You have to believe today that God is telling you that you are, you are not loving me well. And then start examining. So you can't think of how doesn't matter, that's how pride is. Pride is like a virus, you can't know how it's coming. And so the Lord said to me, you have left your first love. First love again. Do you know that that was that time we were doing crusades. I was doing healing Jesus crusade. We were traveling here, going here. So the question that I asked her, what first love again? But as I kept meditating on it, I traveled for a crusade in uh, Burkina Faso, somewhere there, Niger. Then the, the revelation became clearer. Yes. That's why when I came to start the church, I said, I will tell you the name of the church next week. And although we were used to something Chapel International, I changed it to First Love Church. That's all. We're used to Chapel International. Yes. Are you listening to me? I want you to love God. If you love the Lord, you will obey him in the ministry. Number six, five, seven, any number, choose your numbers. If you love the Lord, you will go where he tells you to go. Amen. You will go wherever he sends you to. Amen. Now, one of the things people don't like is moving from where they live. Yes. One of the reasons is because we don't like changes. Do you see? And if you notice, when Jesus was going away, he said go. He didn't say stay. He said go. And one of the things, if you want to get on with God and have a good relationship with him, is that you don't have to tie yourself to any place. Tying yourself down to a place is what restricts your relationship with God. Because you have told God that I love you as long as you are in America for this, for this love. To be manifested. It's an American love. I love you as long as it is in Ghana. It must be a Ghanaian love and especially Accra. That is why Churches are not exploding everywhere because 
Jesus is the answer to the world today. Jesus is the answer. A plague has hit the world. A pandemic. An angel has struck. And you can see what is happening all over the world. There's no answer to this disease. Yes, up to today. Yes, last week I heard some people say that they are thinking that it is a bacteria, not a virus. Look at that. The world has no answer. I don't know if it's the UK or Scotland or somewhere. They are giving 61 million pounds to sex workers. That's prostitutes and so on to support them. Because they are out of business. Because they, are, they have social distancing. You cannot have what you call it with social distancing. Six meters. Wow. Are you, are you understanding the message? What I'm saying is that... What am I saying? If you love the Lord, what? You will not be tied. Yes. Anytime you meet somebody who is resistant to movement, to changes, you have met an unlovable person. Yes. One day I, had, I knew a certain brother who had a, a certain beloved and this beloved was tied to a particular country. The beloved came from one country and the other beloved also came from another country. But she was fixated. Yes. Now in my attempt to help the beloved to let his relationship work, I traveled and met this other, the beloved. And I sat down with this beloved and I explained to her, I said, look, this person whom you say you love is here. You will have to move. She said, it's impossible to move. So when I met with the beloved, beloved one and beloved two make up beloved doses. When I met with the beloved one, I had met with beloved two who said it's impossible. She will not move. When I met with beloved one, I told him that it's not working. And you need to rethink this relationship. Re-strategize. Yes. And he re-strategized. And took up another option. He said, because, because an unmovable person. I can't move here. I can't go here. I can't do this. I can't go. Do I mean, you can't relate with that person. So, Jesus said, go into the world. And you have a church which is stuck. The whole church is stuck. So, we are here forever. You can't move us, Jesus. How will the relationship work? How will it work? It's not, it's not working. That's why there's so much poverty. So much lack. So much prayer for things which are not coming. Because it's a church which is stuck and says that, yeah. So, it is important for us to accept to be movable and to be flexible in the church. Yes. 
and and that is something that is important as soon as you become inflexible and movable and sendable you cannot be an ambassador you cannot go here you cannot change departments you cannot move around you cannot go here change here change countries change cities go from a rich place to a poor place the whole church has changed and the love of god in the church has gone to the lowest level yes that is it that is what has happened to the church at large we are unsendable and usable and we can't relate with our father we he can't send us anywhere he can't send us anywhere. If you've given him condition, you're sending me it's to England or America. These are the two options. Choose it if you like. If not, I remember I met with a beloved. There was another a situation, and I went from beloved one and beloved two. I was helping a negotiate negotiated settlement. As I sat with this beloved. Of this other brother, as the, the, the lady was speaking, I said within myself, I've never seen an iron lady. And I what? An iron lady. Hey! Iron lady. All attraction or even desirability went out of the person. As I look at the person, I realized that her desirability level had dropped below sea level. Like, she was not desirable. You don't desire an, an unmovable thing. I think when God looks at us and we are so un- unmovable, unsendable, unchangeable, unvariable, I mean, he just looks at us and we are so undesirable. Our desirability level goes below sea level, which is the lowest level possible attraction she was not a, as i was she was sitting there she was not attractive to me i was saying to my head that mm, this brother has chosen the wrong horse he's backing the wrong horse for this race and i was hoping that he would see through and unmovable and changeable and stoppable i mean unvariable hey Ooh. Another time, I also met another person. This one, I think they were semi-married or semi-beloved. Those, some of the relationships, you are not sure what it is. <laughs> yes. So again, I was in a negotiate, negotiation between... Uh, I've been a pastor for some years. As I was negotiating... I was again with Beloved 2. The, the lady said to me, I don't know what came over her. She just said, I am fiercely independent. Fiercely what? Independent. Fiercely independent. I almost got a fever immediately. Although there was no virus in those days. <laughs> fiercely independent. Fiercely she says she will never move to where the person is fiercely independent I said wow so I said okay a brother also advised himself 
fierce. Look, when God looks at us and says, I am fiercely independent, Jehovah. Jehovah, I am fiercely independent of you. Do you think he can never love us? You see, that's why we are not being loved and, and, and God is not doting over us. He's not doting over us. He's not, he's, not, he's not fasting over us. He's not manifesting himself in us. Because we are not, we are not lovable. We are not nice. We are so hard. Ooh. Are you still with me? Yes. So let us not be a church. I don't want churches. I don't want church with pastors, bishops, leaders who cannot be changed. You are working in this department. You cannot move to this department. You are working here. You cannot change here. You are working in this country. You cannot go to this country. You cannot do this. You cannot move here. That, that, I love the Church of Pentecost. You, not, you, you see, you are a chairman, and the next moment you are in a village somewhere. Next time you are in Germany. Next time you are here. Beautiful. That's why up to today, it's one of the most relevant churches in the whole of this country. With, I think, 17,000 branches only in Ghana. And I think over 20-something thousand in the world. Yes. Yes. That is why. That is why you have them everywhere. If you travel anywhere in Ghana, you will see Church of Pentecost. Yes. Everywhere. There is nowhere that is a Church of Pentecost apostle or elder cannot be. It's not possible. You will be there. Otherwise, it's not the Church of Pentecost. If there's nowhere I've been in Ghana that I don't see them. And in the world. There are over 100 countries. Yes. Only in Ghana alone, they have about 17,000 or more churches. And you hear, there's a chairman, he's now here. Tomorrow he's at the Ketekrachi. The next moment he's in Germany. The next time he's here. That's it. Why not? So, like Catholics, and there's a Catholic church. So that you, you, you go to any corner, you see that he's a, he speaks Italian, he speaks German, he speaks Russian, and he's there, and she, and he's there, he's in the town. <laughs> Beautiful! This is what we need. Yes. He's the father of that place. Beautiful. You see, let us not, let us not drive God away. You see, I gave you three examples of three beloveds. The, the, the beloved who was proposing, who dearly wanted to marry, they, they all left. They all went away. Why? Because they met an unlovable partner. Yes. So let us be flexible in the hands of God. How many points do you have? Four, five, six. Number six. If you love the Lord, amen, you will... Love the one whom the Lord sends. Amen. You love somebody whom the Lord sends. Now, John 16, verse 27. Now, the Father himself loves you because you love me and believed that I came out from God. The Father loves you. You see, you are attracting God's love because you love the one whom he sent. Because you love me. So you find out that you are now beginning. You see, we are showing what even brings God's love to you. Remember he said, 
He that has my commandment and keepeth them, he is it that loves me. And my father, I and my father will come to him and will manifest ourselves to him. And then verse 20 says that, and we will love him. Yes, Jesus answered, and my father will love him. My father, we will come to him because he will keep my words. Now he's going on to tell us in John 16 verse 27 that the reason why God loves you is because you love me. So when you love the one whom God sends, you are attracting the love of God and you are just entering into the love of God. He says, my father loves you. Himself loves you. He's falling in love with you because you love me. Who has been sent from the father. And have believed that I came out from God. So if you love the Lord, you will end up loving the people that God sends. You love Jesus. is the first person that God sent. And God has sent other people. Apostles, prophets. You have a soft spot for apostles. A soft, soft, soft spot for prophets. Me, I have a soft spot for all the pastors and the prophets. If you are a pastor, no, I have a soft spot for you. If you are a prophet, all of them, they are all, they are all good people to me. I see people making fun of people all the time. I just say, watch yourself. Watch yourself. Watch out for mockers. Yes. Watch out for mockers. God loves all his people. Yes. So, brothers and sisters, watch out. I have noticed that God loves people who love the person or people that are sent to you to you. And it is true. If you love someone, you usually love his child. It's true. Wow. Yes. Wow. If you love somebody, you usually love his child. That is why some people are afraid to die so that somebody else marries their husband. Why? They feel that the new wife, who is their enemy, you get it? The enemy wife who has come, you get it? will fight the former wife by fighting the children. Yes, the new government. (laughs) The appointees of the old government. (laughs) So there are are some women who don't want to die for that reason. They feel that. And and if you marry someone who knows, I will take on the old wife. By taking on the children. Yes. But it's like, if you love the person, you love the one who is sent. Amen. Amen. So many times, you, you, you see that you are not even having, like God, you can't find him in the atmosphere. I believe that if I'm a God, if I love God, I will love Benny Hinn. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yes. When I say love, I don't mean like or um, learn from. I mean love. You see, many people don't realize that the best relationship is love. When you get to the point where you love a person who God sends to you, you are getting higher in God. And I realize that, you see, you don't experience certain manifestations until you love people. Yes. Until you love someone, you never really experience certain things. Yes. You may learn from the person, but it doesn't mean you love the person. Yes. And you may learn something, or you may hear, you may follow some instructions, but it doesn't mean you love the person. 
as you love, you, you open, your spirit opens up. Because your spirit opens towards somebody you love. And I believe that in my, my love for Kenneth Hagen, opened my spirit to receive from him. Because I give his messages to people to read it. Listen, they don't understand a word. They don't understand anything. They don't even understand his accent. They say, oh, please, if you can listen to us and explain what, what it is. I give them the books. The books I read, I say, read it. They don't like it. And there are people that have also listened. But maybe you listened, but you didn't love the person. Yes. What does love do? Love relaxes you. When you are with somebody you love, you are relaxed. You talk. You, you, you open up. You do whatever. Yes. That's love. So when I was in the presence of Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, Papa Hagen, listening to his message, I always felt I'm with the greatest uh, prophet. I still think he's the greatest prophet ever. Since the days of Jeremiah and Co. It's true. I've not heard of any prophet. There's only one other prophet I've heard of too. Jesus came into the church service and walked down the aisle. He was also called Kenneth. He walked down the aisle in front of everybody and came on the stage and then vanished in front of, and they videoed it. Yes. He was also called Kenneth. Yes. I know, I know, I know, I know, heard of anything like that, but with Hagen, it appeared to him physically. Yes. Yes. So, your love for a person, you see, it, it, it opens your spirit to the things to receive from the person. And that's why Jesus, the, Jesus said, my father loves you, pa, because you love me. Wow. My father loves you because you love me. Yes. And when the father loves you, he starts coming closer to you and manifesting himself to you. You see more things of, of the Father that you've never seen if you didn't love him. Is it a blessing? Are you excited with this wonderful, amazing message? Amen? Amen. And then, finally, John chapter 5, verse 20. For the Father, if you love the Lord, you reveal yourself to him and show him what you are doing. For the Father loves the Son... Amen. Oh. And showeth him all things that he himself doeth. And he will show him greater works. Now, the father loves the son. Now, when you love, you show things. Do you see? You expose yourself. When you love somebody, you expose yourself to the person. So, loving God involves opening up yourself to God. You must open yourself and bear your heart to God. Because when you love somebody, you bear yourself to the person. You show yourself to the person. You show your heart to the person. You show yourself to the person. If you are married, you show your body to the person. Yes. All right? So love involves showing of yourself. Now, many times when we come to pray, we don't show ourselves to God. We come with these official prayers. Oh God, our help in ages past. 
our hope for years to come. You are our shelter in the stormy blast. Move, O oh Lord, in thy great power. You start to speak in King James English. Oh God, Lord, what did they say? Lord, hear our prayer. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. And you have special words that you are saying. Those are your prayer words. But when you start to love God, you start coming to God and talking to God like freely. Things that you don't tell human beings, you tell him. Yes. And you speak to him. You know, I remember Kenneth Hagin. That was the first book I read. Kenneth Hagin was describing a story of a man. He said he was a main church member. One of his top tithers. He had a phone call that the man has fallen down from a crane. You know, there's a crane outside the first lab church. They are building a tall building there. And he fell from the top. And that he was in a coma. So he had a call that the um, man was in the hospital. He was dying. So he left everything went to the hospital. When he got there, he prayed for the man and all that. And then he left. The man recovered after some time and then came to church. When he came to church, he came to give a testimony. He said that when he was in a coma, he died and he went to heaven. And when he got to heaven, heaven was the best. He said, ah, I've arrived. I hear those who go to heaven, they don't want to come back at all. Yes, I hear they don't want to, the idea of coming back. No, no, no. Husband, wife, children. No way, no way, no way, no way. Don't even suggest it. Too risky. As I've arrived, I've arrived. It's too risky to go back to earth. As I've arrived here, I should go back. This wicked world. I should go to Danzoman when I've come to heaven. No way. Then the Lord said to him, you have to go back. He said, I will never go back. And the Lord said, you have to go. Then he took him, the man, somewhere, and he drew a curtain. When he drew a curtain, then he heard Kenneth Hagin praying. That Kenneth Hagin was in the hospital, and he was praying. And he said, Lord, I will not allow you to take this man. Number one, he's one of my main church members. Number two, he's one of my top tithers. Number three, he's one of my main supporters in the ministry. I will not allow him to die. I will not allow him to go. And then Jesus told him that, listen, what have this is being said. Yeah, you have to go back. Based on what is being said here, you have to go back. Wow. Yes. You see, I'm saying that when you are a lover of God, you, you bear your heart, you pray. In a, and he told him, look, it's, my, it's a main tither. He was giving the reason that, look, the finances of my small church. Can I take it? Was became a pastor when he was 19 years old. That's when he became. He was a young, small boy, pastor, and he's like this one of the main people. Hey, and he's dying now. How? I will not allow him to die. And he, he was pleading from. He used a scripture in Isaiah to pray. Yes, and the Lord showed him. Listen to what he's saying. You have to go back. So you have to pray from your heart. When Kenneth Higgins. Uh, uh, daughter, daughter's husband was dying, was sick. He prayed and he said, the Lord told me that I cannot change it. Yes, the Lord told me. He said, the Lord told me. He said, anybody in my family is dying, the Lord tells me first. Yes. No one dies without me knowing it. Yes. And then number two, <laughs> yes. 
Yes. And he said that when the son-in-law was dying, the Lord told him, you cannot change it. Like how you've changed other ones, you cannot change this one. Wow. Is it not amazing? So you see, you will learn to now be open to the Lord. And you realize that your prayers are really being answered. Yes, when you love the Lord, you start opening yourself and bearing yourself before the Lord. Is it not amazing? Amen. Amen. This is beautiful. Finally, how many points do you have? Seven. Oh, beautiful. I believe that seven is a good number. And um, we are blessed. Amen. So are you going to love the Lord? Amen. I want us to really love the Lord with all our hearts and with all our minds. Let's keep his commandments. Keep his commandments. And if you look at John 21, Peter was sitting with Jesus and Jesus said to him when they had dined, Simon, do you love me? Do you love me? And he said, I, you know I love you. And he said, feed my lambs. You see, ministry. Wow. He's telling him what to do in the ministry. If you love me, Feed my lambs. Look after my lambs. Talk to my lambs. Preach to my lambs. If you love me, do what I've, I've told you to do in the ministry. That's what I was telling you that if you love the Lord, whatever commandment he gives you in the ministry, you will do it. If it is giving, if it is helping, if it is preaching, if it is going, if you love the Lord. And this is Jesus, this conversation. And when we go to the Sea of Tiberias in Israel, you see, this is where Jesus sat. He, he rose from the dead. And this, this, is, this passage proves that Jesus rose from the dead. It's a conversation with a dead person. Jesus had died. The whole of John 21, Jesus was dead and already buried. So now he comes back and has a detailed conversation. It's not a dream. And asked, do you love me? Second time, he said, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my sheep. Third time. Simon, do you love me? So that's what Jesus is asking us today. Do you love me? Do you love me? If you love me. If you love me. What I've told you to do in the ministry. What I've told you personally. What I've told you in the scripture. What I've told you. Do it. If you love me. Just do what I say. And, and that was it. If you love me. So, no, no, so worship me. Make worship songs. Do this. Do what I've told you to do. That is it. God is going to bless us Amen. as we love him. Remember, everything is hanging on the law and the prophets. God is going to bless you mightily. Stand to your feet. Father, thank you for your word today. Amen. We are grateful for your spirit. Every, every standing in your house, please stand up in your house, in your room. I don't want you to sit down. I don't want you to stand. I don't want you to sit down. Just lift your hands wherever you are in the house. Just pray to the Lord in a moment.
In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity that you give to us. Thank you for teaching us to love you with all our hearts. We are grateful and we are thankful. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. Put your hand on your heart. Receive an impartation of the love of God. May you be a God lover. May God look from heaven and say, this person loves me. Be blessed with this great love in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, thank you for what you have done, what you have begun, what you are finishing. We will obey you. We will keep your words. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray with you. Maybe you are watching. You want to give your life to Jesus Christ. I want to also pray with you. The Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his son. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. If you are watching and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, just say these words with me. Confess your sin and say this word. Say with me, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. Today, I confess my sin. Have mercy on me. I am a dirty sinner, but today I open my heart and I confess my sins. Have mercy on me. Wash me with the blood of Jesus. Make me a new person. From today, I belong to God and I will serve God. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. Thank you for writing my name in the book of life. In the name of Jesus, please register me as your child I love you father I love you Jesus I will serve you for the rest of my life in Jesus name I pray amen God bless you at this time we want to receive holy communion now I want you to get used to getting your own communion because when we reopen church services you will have to bring your own communion because we are not going to go around and give you communion because uh, of social distancing and transmission of whatever. So you have to bring your own communion. That's one of the things. We are going to start new ministries. Sanitizing ministry, hand washing ministry, social uh, distance ministry, distance ministry to ensure the distances. With somebody with a measuring tape, they'll be measuring the distances of everybody and um, uh, what else? Hand washing, uh, sanitizing ministry, and then face mask ministry. We have all these new ministries that are coming. We are not going to check temperatures. Ah. All right. Okay. Now, take your bread. I want you to get used to providing your own communion. Eh? Okay, you, I want you to be used to getting your own communion ready so that you you're always used to having your own bread and whatever. Because we have communion all the time. Yeah. Communion is not a special, like when I say special, it's not something that once in a blue moon you are doing it. It is, it is part of our Christian life. So you have to learn how to bring your own communion every time you just get it and bring it. Okay? It's part of the new things you bring your Bible, you bring your own Bible, you bring your own communion, and then you are moving to church so that during the communion time you can. So take your communion in the house. 
where you are. If you don't have wine, take bread. Okay? Then, I said, if you don't have uh, if you don't have uh, bread, get bread. Get bread. You can, even, I don't think you should use rice, but take bread. <laughs> Biscuit. Yes? Biscuit. You cannot eat rice during communion. Please. Please. So take your rice. I say rice. Take your bread. And then take your wine. If you don't have wine, you can use juice. If you don't have juice, coke. If you don't have coke, water. Yes. Yes. I'm sure you have water in the house. All right. But try to get some wine. Not for drinking, social drinking, but for communion, holy communion. Everybody should have a bottle of wine in the house for holy communion. Then you bring it. Okay? And then get a smaller bottle that you use to pour the one you are bringing to church. Like that small bottle. And you pour in small and then you bring it to church. Don't get used to drinking alcohol. Those of us who are not used to it, we are not even, it's not even a temptation. Do you get what I'm saying? So don't get used to those things. Some of you drink your father's whiskey in the house. It's, it's not a good thing. Yes. You are drinking your father's gin and other things. You drink it secretly in the house to taste them. You think that you are being a guy. You are learning something bad. Take your bread. Take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. Drink. This is my blood, which was shed for you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood.
repay him so that he may know it. You see, there are many things that are happening to us because, not because of you, but sometimes a man's iniquity, somebody's iniquities have been stored for the son to come and reap it. And that's a curse. And that's why things don't work. And that's why we are taking the Holy Communion. It's called the cup of blessing which we bless. Whatever represents an iniquity storehouse of your father, your grandfather, your father's father that has been stored up for you because of the blood. The cup of blessing. The bread we eat is a bread of blessing. Let that blessing be superimposed over your life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, we lift up this bread. And we say, your body was broken for us. Let this be the answer for every curse operating in our lives. The body of Jesus Christ. Let God repay him so that he may know it. For what does he care for his household after him when the number of his months is cut off? Whatever represents a curse that is following you eh? from your father, your fathers, your parents, your predecessors, let the cup of blessing be a blessing that is superimposed over your life. Receive the cup of blessing. Brothers, sisters. Brothers, sisters, we are one. And our lives have just begun. In the
fall upon everyone watching far and wide. Thank you. You love us. We declare and impart your blessing upon your people. Whatever curses are working, we thank you that the blessing of God is superimposed over and above any curse. Whatever sins that our fathers have committed, have left for us to bear and to reap from. We cancel that curse and overturn and override it. And we declare the blessing of the Lord overrides those curses. May the wine that we have received, the blood of Jesus, the body of Christ, minister healing to everyone. Anyone suffering in this pandemic, receive healing and receive recovery, total recovery in every organ in your blood, in your lungs your kidneys, your heart, your brain your mind, totally receive total healing you will never die in this pandemic, in Jesus name, I discharge you from the hospital, I minister the power of God and I declare healing and the power and the love of God in your life right now let the blessing of the Lord be superimposed upon everyone that is part of this great meal. The meal, the holy meal, in the name of Jesus Christ. May the grace of God and the power of God lift your life above what is natural, above what is normal. May your life be supernatural because of the supernatural element of the supernatural blood the supernatural body of Jesus Christ. May your finances be blessed. May there be never an issue with money in your life from today. May you live and cross 70 years with ease. May you never be diagnosed with cancer or any heart disease or strange disease or incurable disease. Be healed of plagues viruses, pandemics and other calamities that are coming in this world in Jesus name be delivered from demons that have entered your house I displace demonic presence and demonic elements that have entered homes entered the houses entered the dwelling places of God people go out now, I command you to go out in the name of Jesus spirit of depression and sorrow you and I say go out in the name of Jesus Christ I bind and banish all evil powers that are haunting God's people every dark shadow and dark cloud that has come into your house to bring darkness and sorrow and depression I curse it and I say go let your darkness go now in Jesus name and I speak light greater lights to enter the house and the home Jesus mighty name. Whatever crisis you face, whatever problem, unsolvable problem, in the name of Jesus Christ, I lift my hand and I declare a solution has come now. 
over. The problem has ended. The trouble has been concluded in Jesus' name. I command the beginning of a new season. I command the beginning of a new era. I command the beginning of a new dimension, a new era, a new phase. Let it start now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The blessing of the Lord overpowers you, supersedes every curse, overcomes and overthrows every curse that is active in your house and in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your mistakes and your sins not be counted against you anymore because of the blood of the Lamb that speaketh better things than the blood of Abel in the name of Jesus. By the power of the blood of the Lamb, we silence the accuser, we silence the voice of the threatening voice that is around us in the name of Jesus. We silence the intimidator and the bringer of shame in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the accuser's voice be silenced by the blood of the Lamb that speaketh better things than the blood of Abel in the name of Jesus. May you live longer than your parents lived. May you survive things they couldn't survive. May you overcome crises and tragedies and difficulties in your life. May your feet be lifted from the miry clay and placed upon a rock to stay. May your life become stable. Let all forms of instability and uncertainty be taken away from you. Every concern concerning your finances and your job, I say over it, be stable. Be stable. Let negativity and fear go now in Jesus' name. Receive good news. Receive restoration of your job, of your situation, of your life by these prayers, by the grace of God, by the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever represents instability in your life, I declare your feet are out of the clay. Your feet are washed. You are standing on a rock to stay in Jesus' name. Now lift your hand, everyone. I rebuke the black mamba and the cobra, the black cobra of your life. Kala Satokaba, the threatening serpent, the Roman, the fearful lion. I say no more. Go back, go back, go back. In the name of Jesus Christ, I cut off the head of the snake and I say the power of God has dismembered the enemy and has dislocated the enemy. Ah, Thank you for the release of angels, supernatural beings to intervene and intercept and work on our behalf in Jesus' name. Father, thank you. There shall be good news this week in Jesus' name. Thank you for your mighty blessings. Help us to pray this week as never before. We thank you for raising our spiritual level and our love for you like never before. Touch everyone. Put your hand on your heart, everybody. Receive the love of God. Receive the ability to love God. The ability to know God. The ability to serve God. The ability to hear from God. The ability to follow God. The ability to be strong. The ability to love Him. The ability to love God above everything and above everyone. Receive this great impartation in the name of Jesus Christ, Savior of the world. I pray and everybody said Amen God bless you for listening to this message visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages information on upcoming events and so much more
Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.